Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Normandy FM, the podcast about all things Mass Effect and retrospective. Uh, I'm Eric Van Allen. I'm your host on this grand journey, and with me is Kenneth Shepard. You sound so like optimistic, as like I'm over here, like oh shit, we're starting something new. This is something we haven't done in a long time. And well, that's because this is like a magical journey. This is going to be fun for both of us. I hope. <laughs> well, God, I hope so. Hopefully, by the time that we're like ten minutes in, I'll calm down. Yeah, you'll get there. You'll get there. Don't worry. Um, so for those of you out there who might be listening for the first time, who have never heard of us before, if you're a Mass Effect fan who just stumbled over here, or maybe you were looking for some sort of podcast about, you know, like, World War II, and you ended up here by accident, mm. um, sorry, this is a video game podcast, uh, Ken, why don't you start and tell me, like, what your personal history is with Mass Effect, and, and why we're doing this. Right, so, uh, it all started... Uh, in seven day, November 7th of this year, I jokingly tweeted out, somebody start a Mass Effect podcast with me where we play through the entire series again and talk about it. And I said it as a joke, but then, like, you seemed mildly interested, and then we had a couple people that were like, oh, I would listen to that. And I was like, hey, 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 Eric, how serious were you? Basically, was how it went. Um, and so, this, the show was born, and so... For me, Mass Effect, like, if my name, Kenneth Shepard, didn't, hint, like, tip you off, uh, it's a really huge series in my life, and I've loved it since the first game. Um, so, like, I took on the main character's name as a pen name, and it's been sort of this uh, ongoing series that I've always tried to get basically anybody that I meet to try, at least. Um, and so I'm hoping that this podcast will also do that for some people that are, like may, might want to play, like, alongside what we're doing. Um... And so, like, I, like I said, a couple people already said that they'd be interested in that. Um, and so, yeah, that's basically how we got here today. Yeah, you had to basically talk me into it because I was pretty reluctant at first. Because I was like, oh, this sounds like a good idea. You know, we can talk about Mass Effect and stuff. But the more that we talked about it, the more the reality of what an undertaking mm-hmm. this would be, like, came <laughs> came to fruition. Yeah. And so... But I think the moment where it clicked for me was where I finally sat down and I started playing the mm-hmm. first Mass Effect again. And and I had been watching, you know, full disclosure, I'd been watching Giant Bomb do their replay of mm-hmm. the first Mass Effect. And that was nostalgic in its own way. But to actually be playing it again and be going back through the game and... It's just a different thing entirely, and all these memories came fl- flooding back. You know, I uh, I remember buying the first Mass Effect. I had to bring my mom with me to Best Buy Same. because it was rated M, and I needed a parent there to say, like, yes, they can buy this game. And she was like, why do you want this game? What is this game? I was like, I don't know. I just read about it in magazines, and people are saying it's the greatest game ever made, so I got to play it. And... I, I had the GameStop guy. I had to, like, give my mom the lecture on the side boob of the sex scenes. <laughs> so that was like it, it like it was it's one thing to like be like hey mom just 
buy this game for me, but then also like have to sit there embarrassed like as they talk about alien sex. Disclaimer: There yeah. is alien side boob in this game. <laughs> oh. So you have a surprise here for me, and it says that there are ground rules, and it's going to uh, apply to both us and anyone playing along. By the way, if you are listening, if you do plan on joining us, I highly recommend you play along, both so you stay fully up to date. We're going to be going uh, piece by piece through the game, and we can talk a little bit about our, our schedule at the end of the podcast, uh, but play along with us. It's, it's more fun, I think, that way, if you're experiencing it. Yeah, uh, but what are these forward. ground rules? Full spoilers for everything. Like, oh, we'll have the name 100%. of what we're going to be talking about in the episode, but full spoilers for that section of the game. Um, so, Eric, as we've been talking, you kind of have let slip that you don't remember a lot of these games, like little bits mm-hmm. and pieces of these games. Um, so my ground rules for you and who anyone who might be playing is don't reload saves when something goes bad. Don't Google oh, so shit. Like, yeah, if I make a choice I don't like, I you can't gotta live like... with it. Like one in in particularly near the end of Mass Effect One that could have huge ramifications, which mm-hmm. I don't think I'll mess up again. But uh, yeah, okay, no, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. So basically, uh, like I want this to be as blind of a playthrough for anyone that's involved as possible. It's not really applicable to me because I like have the science of how these games work and like memorized. Like I know like like if a character lives in one, that means another character dies in three without like without any sort of way of saving them. It's like, since I already know basically everything that goes down and how to attain any sort of outcome, I can only really hold other people to this. I, like, I... <laughs> kind of, you know, one-sided in that way, but... You have I just, the Mass Effect science down. Basically, you're a yeah. scientist. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I can do that. It's going to make Mass Effect 2 just, like, a nervous train wreck for me because I cannot remember much about getting through all of that without losing anyone but mm. we will get there when we get there right now we are on mass effect one and boy howdy mass effect one is a video game it like i'm gonna be like upfront now there are a lot of uncomfortable truths that we're gonna have to talk about like just in this episode alone and at, throughout mass effect one and two to an extent there's gonna be a lot of uh, a lot of feelings because like i like We've up to the point we've both played about like two hours because we've finished the first main mission, and there's a lot about this game that has not aged well, both in like a mechanical sense and just sort of like a philosophy sense, just in the way, the way that it approaches certain choices and certain characters. That uh, yeah, we're gonna have some uh, some stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. So let's start with the characters that we made. Now, for me personally, I played through the original uh, series with a very basic looking commander shepherd male mm-hmm. shepherd and i did a lot of kind of self insert you know this is right. me in the game world i was even i played under the name eric shepherd so like <laughs> this time i wanted to change it up i wanted okay. to see a new side of mass effect so i'm playing the female commander shepherd this time oh, okay. gotcha. uh named ava shepherd eva we'll play yeah. my initials there uh and Initially, I wanted to kind of... I, I don't remember how any of the origins or anything play into how she changes. And all I remember about Mass Effect 1 is that I hated using 
the biotics if I was a biotic character. So I went huh. soldier because I just want the guns that shoot good. I'll let my teammates okay. handle all the fancy abilities. It's it's how I play the first Mass Effect because I just we'll get to it as the games go on. Mm-hmm. But my play style of that game is very much like I'm playing Gears of War. Uh, right. But I also wanted to try going Renegade in Mass okay. Effect One. So you were and primarily Paragon initially. I yeah, I was a Paragon the first time I played, and in this one I wanted to go Renegade, okay. and uh, we'll we'll get to this throughout the the episode. But really, it's I found myself just not wanting to do anything Renegade in right. this game. Right. Uh, um, but tell me about your Shepherd. So. For me, Mass Effect, and basically anything that Bioware makes, like, I, I'm i not the kind of person to, like, experiment with, like, different outcomes. Like, it's very much, like, a set character and story for me. So I... Well, the first thing that I noticed was, like, I never played Mass Effect 1 on an HGTV, so instead of just doing the new game plus with my original character, I had to kind of remake him to make him look how mm-hmm. I thought he looked, because, like, I... Yeah. Uh, especially, like, after 3, where I kind of, like, quote-unquote perfected the way that I thought my Shepard... Like, I wanted my Shepard to look. Mm-hmm. So I'm still, like... Kenneth Shepard, this, um, like, I, I played Renegade primarily as well. Like, my my general uh, arc of Mass Effect was, like, 75-25 Renegade Paragon, and then, like, gradually getting to the point where it was, like, in Mass Effect 3, it was, like, 60-40 Renegade Paragon. And I gotta say, like, I don't think, the like, the Renegade options and sort of, like, philosophy of this game has not aged well. In a multitude of ways, um, <laughs> the the first one that like really was like what the fuck, uh, I so you meet early on you meet this character named Nihilus who is from this race called the Turians and there's like clearly history between humans and Turians like humans first contact with the galactic community in, at large was through the Turians and there was like a first contact war where they you know there was there was a war um so like. He already seems wary of, like, being on a human ship. And so, like, there's a point where, like, you say, can we trust him to uh, Captain Anderson? And my my thought when I said that was going to be, like, he seems wary of us, like, can we trust him? And then Shepard says, I don't trust a Turian on my, like, half of my back. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, suddenly yeah. I'm racist. Like, like the, it's indicative of, like, a really old uh, design with moral and choice games where, like, good and evil are these massive extremes where, like, Paragon... But, like, it, it it basically ended up at this point, Paragon is a decent human being who, like, has manners versus a racist. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. And, it, like, it's hard to go, like... I don't really know how I'm going to approach the game at this point because it's been so long that I'm, like, I'm, I'm 11 years older now, so, like, I'm, like, that's not okay. I don't want to be, like... I don't want to, like, even be near that type of character. Um... And, like, we'll get into more of them later about why I think Renegade as a concept has not aged well, at least in Mass Effect 1. Uh, but, yeah, it's already, like, it's already clear that, like, this game hasn't aged well in more than just the way it looks to me. Yeah, it's it's funny. When you bring that up, so the way this the game intros things it is really interesting to me and the way it slowly kind of introduces you to things because you open right. up, it's on the Normandy and there's just one little bit of exposition that is 
really cheesy now in retrospect the way it kind of goes they found this thing that let them explore space and launch into other <laughs> systems they called it the mass effect and it was yeah. this, like big title card pop and stuff and i was like wow compare this to like my memories of like how two and three start mass mm-hmm. effect one is a really goofy opening but yeah. I, I was already like kind of on board because it felt very star trek to me mm-hmm. like, it had that air of it and I, I think a lot of the beginning is just about the discovery you are very much this character who is kind of thrust into this position where they'd been a, a rank and file soldier and all of a sudden now they're dealing with all these different conflicts and and things that they might not have had to deal with before depending on whatever upbringing you chose but the thing that i really uh gravitated towards and and kind of the world building that was done here is that i think in the first mass effect especially in the earliest missions uh you're kind of learning about all these races through the lens of being a human and how like what the human relationship with that race is and so i i noted that a lot of eden prime which is what this episode is about what we're talking about today is about human turian relationships as much as it is setting the stage for the conflict to come because you're hearing you're seeing a lot of these different exchanges that are happening you can talk to like presley and later on ashley and and caden about turians and Mm -hmm. you get this sense of well there are some people who are kind of accepting and other people who they had you know grandparents in the war they had relatives in the war so they have views that way you have Ashley, who's just straight up space racist, so mm. <laughs> it's 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 interesting because Shepard is supposed to be this sort of this this person who can be impartial in, mm. in all different ways. You know, they are they are the link that binds what will become a crew of aliens together under one banner. But Shepard comes from a primarily human background, so that is sort of the lens you have to view everything through. And so when you bring up that point about, like, uh, the the renegade option is it, it is this, like, oh, I don't want no Turians on my ship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's that's interesting to me because it's immediately framing this and, and kind of almost posing a question to you as to whether you want to be somebody who's going to try and buck the tradition that is being established by your crew and by your ship or whether you're going to be somebody who's going to go up with the rank and file and i i just think that's some interesting clever writing Mm -hmm. that i didn't notice the first time around i don't think it's good (laughs) let's put it that way it just gave me a new perspective on wow so they really want you to understand that you are coming from a human background you're not playing in a sorry character or a Turian character like it wouldn't be interchangeable you are learning Mm -hmm. about these things through a human lens i thought that was really interesting and i think both on like a more granular sense like you're talking about and a more um small scale sense it does a better job than say like i'm gonna say now like throughout this series of podcasts we're gonna be i think it's fair to compare Mass Effect's trajectory to Dragon Ages, and, um... Mm-hmm. So, like, the thing that uh, comes out to me here is that Mass Effect, as a series, does a better job of, like, bringing you into something on a smaller scale before introducing a larger world. Because, like, you think to the beginning of Dragon Age 2 or Inquisition, those start 
after, like, the big event that has propelled you forward started. Like, a Dragon Age game, or, like, if Mass Effect were a Dragon Age game, it would have started, like, after Eden Prime. Where now, like, you get this, like, you're able to relate to it on a smaller level because, like, the Normandy is, like, you know, it's a, it's a spaceship, but, like, it is not presented in a way that's not understandable now, like, mm-hmm. to somebody that's just coming in. Where Dragon Age, like, immediately throws you into the deep end of shit. Like, uh, like Inquisition, you wake up and the the cataclysmic event has already happened. Like, you already are the chosen one. Um, right. And that's why, like, and like I said, there's going to be a lot of comparisons to Dragon Age and Mass Effect in this. Because, like, the way that those two series bounced off each other was really important to, I think, the way that Bioware grew over the last generation. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about Bioware growing then, because we talked earlier about it, Renegade. It is very different going back to Mass Effect 1 and trying to play Renegade, and, and to the point that I think after playing through Eden Prime, I'm not going to play Renegade this right. game, and I'm probably going to err more towards Paragon, because that just feels better. Because like you said, it it starts out as this like very good versus evil, whereas I felt especially in 2, which is where I, I felt like the Renegade options were more interesting, mm-hmm. it's more about what is Shepard's approach to getting something done? Are they going right. to follow the letter of the law, or are they going to carve their own path? It was They went more towards that D&D alignment of lawful good versus lawful evil, mm-hmm. I think. Right. Like the Other than like the thing with Nihilus, where like he, there's suddenly like racism, like a racist undertone to... Um, what you're saying. The one point that, like, really stuck out to me on Eden Prime is when you find those people that are, like, held up, like, trying to avoid the Geth attack, and there's this guy who's, like, clearly having, like, a mental breakdown because, like, he he seems to be unwell in some way or another, and, like, you have the option to, like, punch his lights out. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what? Like, literally, why would I do that? Like, that's not, like, practical. It's not, like... It, it doesn't seem to... Like, the, the situation doesn't seem to call for it at all, and yet it's this option. And, like, it's... Renegade almost seems cartoonish in those ways. It's like it's it's so it's supposed to be sold as sort of like this uh, good cop bad cop sort of scenario, and like it just why like what's the point of doing that if it's not like if the the options are there for me to solve this another way? Why would I go to that extreme? I just and like like you said, Mass Effect two and three. I think there's more of a reason to be a renegade because like if something is like not happening or like if the room is like, like if you're trying to gain control of the room, a renegade option is kind of the way to do that. Versus mm-hmm. this is just kind of like, I want to be the, like I have the authority to be an asshole. So I'm going to do it. Like I, and that's like, and I, and to plug, 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 I wrote about this for in seven days on CGM online, where it's like, it's hard to remember the character that I quote unquote wrote and played of Shepard all that time ago when it's like I can't relate to that at all anymore mm-hmm. and it's like and I know there are certain renegade options that I'm going to take because I think I think that they are the logical thing to do but it's just like generally like when you just like approaching people why would you ever do that there is one renegade option in very beginning of Mass Effect 2 on on the Archangel mission that I think everybody does every single time that is that's not a renegade option to me. That is a universal option. <laughs> that is the thing you do in that situation. But yeah, it's 
it's interesting. So let's let's pull the scope back a bit. We we kind of delve deep on Renegade, but let's talk about where we are in in, in the game's plot. Right. So we, we've got the intro out of the way. We've got the exposition. They kind of dump it on you right away. You get this kind of terse conversation with Nihilus. I forgot that Nihilus was a really interesting character that I kind of wish there was more to him, that he wasn't this, you know, sacrificial lamb to offer up at the beginning of the story because ultimately his death just kind of feels meaningless in the scheme of things. I mean, it does does start a chain of events, but it is like... It is unfortunate that a character that seems to like have a lot of promise was the one that we, I guess, put on the chopping block. He was pretty cool, you know. And, and we did not lose just Nihilus that day. Uh, no, we did Eden not. Prime. We also lost. Uh, let me see if I can get the sound effect right. <laughs> we also lost uh, Jenkins. Pour one out for for my boy Jenkins. He just wanted to be a hero. Uh, they they opened it up pretty fast with, you know, laying out the stakes and saying, okay, you are on a test to become a Spectre. They, mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they totally lay out the whole, this is a routine mission, nothing should go wrong, and within minutes, everything has gone to hell. There is yes. a giant thing that looks like if an octopus and the master hand from Smash Bros. had a baby, that's what would come out, <laughs> is descending upon... Eden Prime and everything's just gone to shit. And it it's this really kind of exciting intro, I feel, but then kind of once you get into it, you get into a routine. I don't know if this is because I've played Mass Effect before, so I know what to expect, but once I started playing Mass Effect, I was like, oh yeah, here we go again. Alright. Into cover I go, pop out, shoot my pistol order Caden to move up because I'm not going to move up. I'm sitting back here with a sniper rifle. You you go die. And fucking rude. I I was trying to find I I was trying to decipher whether I was just kind of going through the motions because I knew all of it before or because early on the combat is very very dry. There's I... you, before you have a lot of the abilities, before you have interesting weapons that you can like kit out with different mods and stuff. It feels very okay. I'm gonna go into cover. I'm gonna pop out. I'm gonna shoot my pistol until it's about to overheat. I'm gonna go back into cover. We'll tell Caden to use his damn biotics, and that's it. And, and that's that's the game right there. I mean, even then, like even when you get to the later areas and you've got more, I guess, elaborate equipment. I don't think that Mass Effect one like one of the things that really sticks out to me now is that I feel like the remaster of the trilogy, which is, like, the most obvious business decision that EA and Bioware could make, hasn't happened yet. It's probably because of this game. It is probably because of this game. Because it is in desperate need of something beyond, like, a straight port. Because, like, 11 years ago, there was, like, a charm to an RPG studio making a, a shooter, in quotes, that managed to, like, bring in a lot of, like, mechanics of just, like, dungeon crawling and... Uh, like item management, but I like this game. Like playing it sucks now. Like it just like and imagine you don't, you like don't like overheating weapons, man. You're not thrilled about the fact that if you shoot like five times instead of four, you just don't get to do anything for like five whole seconds. Well, that's why you get biotics, so like you have something else to do. But like just 
imagine somebody coming like the thing that a lot of people don't realize about remasters is they are not always for the people that have played them they are for people that have never played them before mm-hmm. so imagine somebody has never played Mass Effect before only kind of knows about it and starts with this fucking game like yes you can tell them as much as you want that like it gets better in 2 and 3 like they actually figure out how to make a shooter but this is still a 30 hour game of that like it's 30 hours of that and like that's a that would be a huge undertaking, which is probably why again why I think the remaster hasn't happened yet to like at least make it comparable to everything else. Like that requires like updates to the map and like uh, rebalancing of weapons and abilities, and so it's like this this is this is gonna be fucking rough. Is basically what I'm getting to here. Like <laughs> I, I I hope people will get like around it and play the rest of these games because I think two and three are excellent. Even now, like they've aged relatively well. Um, but my god. This- the thing the thing that's been keeping it fresh for me, so you're you're playing on a 360, correct? Correct. Uh, so you're basically playing it the way you played it the first time around, on, right. on the same station and all that. I've been playing on the PC, because I don't have a 360, and my Xbox One is in the closet gathering dust, and I don't know where my copies of Mass Effect are, so I figured... Mm. Why not? I'll try it on the PC. I've never played a Mass Effect game on the PC. Let's find out. Uh, and there are some things that are very interesting about it, like the ability to hotkey different. So you mm. don't have the radial menu for biotics and stuff like that. You can just hit, you hold down the space bar and it goes into a pause mode. And and that was the moment where I was like, oh, this is, right, this is a Bioware game. And not just Bioware as we know it today, but Bioware that made Knights of the Old Republic. Mm and Dragon Age Origins a couple of years after the first Mass Effect. And this is very much in in that vein. And so the ability to kind of hotkey things so I don't have to go into the radial menu to, to turn on Unity or Adrenaline Burst or things like that. I can just assign them to number keys and press them when they're off cooldown. That's really awesome. I really, really like that. It, it really shifts up the way that I play and also made me kind of go like, oh, maybe I should have played a biotic because it would be a lot less annoying to play one with these. Right. At the same time, don't take that as a recommendation for the PC port for this game because it is a mess. It, oh, really? So this was the first game in a long time where I've had to go into the INI files and straight up edit lines of code in the oh, text shit. to... to like enable higher graphics settings and things like that and apparently there's some sort of, i haven't obviously i haven't encountered it yet because i haven't met this character yet but garris apparently has some sort of bug where he just has a permanently blurry face i do like remember that he hasn't signed a waiver to be on mass effect yet <laughs> and so it, it just it's it's the wildest thing and once i i turned the the mods on the game looks really good it, it looks like what i would imagine it looks like on an xbox one if you played it backwards compatible right. which i think is probably the best way to play those games right now is if you right. have an xbox one you can just go get copies uh the other thing about the pc port is they have that mass effect trilogy collection and you mm. you'd think like cool this is a thing i can pick it up it's 30 bucks it's it's all three games it's great does not come with any of the DLC for two or three, and they sell those in bundles for twenty five bucks a piece uh, elsewhere. They... So really, to get the full legit experience of this game, it's still eighty bucks and not like thirty bucks. Which 
again, to your earlier point, they really need to release some sort of collection anthology mm. for this generation before it's over because it's it's a no brainer. It it just makes sense. I this may be controversial. I'd even say just do two and three and maybe find a way to make a quote unquote movie of one or something like that and have that be kind of the lead in to two and three because as much as I I love the story of one, as we'll get through and we'll talk about different points later on, if the combat is that much of a drag, just make the thing. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's really that simple because I think that we're getting to the point now where there are probably a lot of people who play this current generation who have never played Mass Effect or, you know, they were very young when Mass Effect was in its heyday. Right. And this is one thing that is c- cemented, uh, in my view, while, while just while I've been playing and thinking about going back, is that Mass Effect is one of the most important trilogies mm-hmm. i'd say that we've had in a long time like it's it's up there with your uncharted's and mm-hmm. and your mario's and things like that in my opinion so uh but the pc port is a mess uh, a fun mess once you get it working it's it's pretty interesting to delve into and, and mess around with wow i mean yeah. i i don't like for those that are just tuning into anything I ever do. I don't play games on PC, and, like, the thought of, like, going in and fixing, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. the game, like, through its code is bizarre to me. Um, there are helpful I do... guides out there. There are nice people out there who have done <laughs> more work than I have who put guides out there to make it easier, so kudos to them for doing the work that apparently whoever ported this game to PC did not do. Also, Jeez. it doesn't have, like, basic... So, you know how when you're playing Mass Effect on, on the 360 and you walk up to somebody and it says, hit A to talk to them, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't have that pop-up. It just says talk. It doesn't have, like, the key on it. it. Has so, it. I, had okay. to, I had to go into the controls and be like, wait, which one's the interact button again? Because it tells you once very early on, but it doesn't tell you again afterwards. And look, I have a keyboard in front of me, not a controller. There's a lot of keys in front of me, and a lot of different games will... You know, one might be E, one might be F, one might be I mean, be you just press X. all of them. Process of elimination. Yeah. So, yeah, and then I accidentally pull out my pistol and shoot somebody, and that's how we get the best ending for Mass Effect 3, so... Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, as as we get through Eden Prime, you kind of go through it, you finally stumble upon Ashley Williams, and it, it sets up the the duality, I feel, of human companions, which becomes a recurring theme in mass effect mm-hmm. as it goes on that you always have two human companions who kind of always offer you a little bit of each side you know they play the the good cop bad cop and ashley is definitely the bad cop <laughs> um, she is and i forgot first of all i forgot how bright and pink and white her army uniform is compared to literally everybody else in that game it's and also also, how that does not seem to suit her personality at all. Because that is true. When I was playing this, I was like, "Oh yeah, Ashley Williams has this like you know Michelle Rodriguez vibe to her. You know, she's the 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 tough, no nonsense uh, daughter of a decorated admiral and all that. And then it's just this like very like like white and pink looks like a medic's uniform. You know, like it, mm. it reminds me of a medic from StarCraft, and she's running around. She's supposed to be gunnery gunnery sergeant, I believe. Gunnery chief. Uh, gunnery chief. And it, I, 
and she's running around on the battlefield, I, the first thing I thought was like, that's not good camouflage. She's not yeah, blending he, in with anything. <laughs> they can see you. Yeah, I... Well, and we'll talk more about, like, Caden and Ashley throughout. The, I think they're going to be, like, a recurring, like, conversation between Especially us. Especially on one episode. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like Ashley, like... There, there's a lot of confusion to the execution of that character throughout the trilogy. Um, and mo- most so in Mass Effect 3, which, again, we will get to. But, uh, yeah, I do like the duality between Caden and her because, like, they set two very... Like, they set a course for... Uh, like like I said, an ongoing conversation throughout the trilogy, which I think is going to be really cool to talk about if it doesn't get heated and we don't just end up closing this entire podcast because of the, the content of that conversation. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's it's going to get spicy by the time we get to uh, certain parts of this first game because I've already made my choice. So mm. <laughs> it, it's for, I do it for the content, Ken. I do it for the content. I do it so that we have all views on this on this Normandy FM podcast. Mm. Uh, All right. Also, as much as I would like to get to know other things about that game, I, yeah, we should. (laughs) I'm interested to hear you talk about them again, because I know you're going to talk about them again. And that's, I mean, what we're doing right now is it's kind of hard because this is setting the table for a lot Mm -hmm. of things to come. Eden Prime very much like just sort of sets you up. And especially this next episode, we're going to be doing a lot of, well, we'll talk about this later, but, and that's kind of the thing is that seeing the roots of where all these threads start to go out into other Mass Effect games is so interesting because you start to see how they lay the foundation. You start to see that Caden is this, uh, loyal he's he's a military guy he's with you he's buddy buddy to commander Shepard, and ashley is is the same but she tends to go more for the hard line whereas caden is a little bit more uh empathetic like empathic i Mm. i know how to say words don't worry (laughs) and it's cool seeing this all build out. So I'm really excited for the next episode when we start to get this crew expanded a little right. bit. You start to meet more people. So Eden Prime ends with you know the big twist. Saren, this this other Spectre who just shows up out of nowhere, is a bad guy. He's working with the Geth, the the evil robots, and and the octopus he, master and, hand and the thing. octopus. <laughs> master master octopus uh and then you touch the you don't even touch the beacon really the beacon touches your mind and kind of puts you into this weird state of seeing horrifying rob zombie music videos in your mind (laughs) and 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 then you're back on the normandy and they're kind of like well we're going back to the council and they're not going to believe a lick of what you're saying so you better come up with something or else you're going to end up in the brig and i it was really hard for me to put the controller down there or or the keyboard Mm. down there because that's just like once you once you get to the citadel that's where the game really starts for me because the citadel is so fascinating and and all that stuff is so great you start to really delve into like who are there's all these different alien races who all the they all have different customs, and obviously we will get into this the next episode. We will talk a lot mm. about the Elcor, who I love. <laughs> I love the Elcor. We're going to recite Elcor Hamlet for you? Oh, it's beautiful. It's so good. Yeah. But uh, what what are kind of your, your... What were your biggest takeaways and your impressions from just the way that 
Mass Effect One starts out with with its opening hour and what has maybe affected the way that you see the series now. So as we said before, like I think I like I think Agent Prime is a, probably one of the best first missions of anything Bioware's ever put out, just because like it does do that sort of like really easy piecemeal of like lore and just helping you adapt to this new world. Um, the one thing that I wanted to talk about though, uh, specifically about when you get back on the Normandy, and this is like I'm. I'm going to tell you now, this is going to be a recurring topic throughout this podcast series. Um, it's weird to play Mass Effect 1 11 years later, realizing that the game kind of hates you. Because I, in, compared to games like Dragon Age 2, Inquisition, and Andromeda, I'm not used to Bioware games at this point kind of like making assumptions about me. Um, so like... You wake up after the beacon messes with your head on the Normandy, and Ashley is there for male shepherd. I, I think Caden is there for female. Like when, like as soon as you're waking up. Uh yeah, when I woke up, Caden was there for me. So, okay. um, and so Ashley is like, I'm sorry for uh, jeopardizing the mission, and you had to like save me because like, you have to grab one of the two and like throw them away from the beacon so they don't get sucked up into it and have this to suffer the Rob Zombie music Wait, videos. real mm. quick, in your game, who was the person who you threw out of the way to save from the beacon? Ashley. Okay, because in mine it was Caden. Right. Okay, so, well then. <laughs> right. So, and then, so, like, I say to her, like, you had no way of knowing what happened, and she start like, she does, like, it's clear that, like, the game is registering that I am flirting with her. Um, when all I, literally all I said was, like, don't don't beat yourself up about the mission going bad. It wasn't your fault. Um, like, looking at games like Dragon Age 2, Inquisition, and Andromeda, those games don't make the assumption of the main character that way. Um, uh, for, and again, since this is, there are probably brand new people here, I'm gay. Like, I, Mass Effect has been this sort of, like, uh, safe space to, like, figure that stuff out for me, like, when I was a teenager. Um, so at the time, things like Mass Effect 1's omission of gay romance versus, and also, like, this weird way that it, like, is already, like, pushing you and Ashley together, like, now kiss, um, it's, that doesn't happen with Bioware now. Like, like, I, I play as a male character in Inquisition, Cassandra's there, and the game doesn't immediately assume that we're gonna, like, like, the game doesn't start shipping us immediately. Right, um, right. And so, like, at the time, when I was 15 when this game came out, I just kind of, like, shrugged that off as this is just the way the world is. Um, and, and it's been 11 years now, and th- times have changed. So, like, that becomes... Like, it's less something that I just kind of, like, shrug off, and more like, why did Bioware, the studio that we know from things like Jade Empire, like, early on, and, like, before Mass Effect, was, like, willing to be inclusive and recognize different people's identities like why was mass effect up until like for the first two games like why was it this thing that that was not viewed as like some sort of like requirement of like on them to like be open and be willing to let the player express themselves in all sorts of ways like i can be a racist but i can't be gay like what well, so, space racism is a is a prominent movement, and <laughs> it's uh, yeah. It, now that I think about it, it's something that 
I had never really noticed. I, I've talked about it before with with you in private that the way Bioware kind of grew over time, and there were some stumbling blocks too. If we ever do a podcast series like this about the Dragon Age series, I really want to talk about this in Dragon Age Two mm. because that was, I feel like that was the point where Bioware started to really expand back out the way it handled the romance systems because Mm -hmm. definitely like looking back on it especially now uh it defaults you to certain characters and so now i'm thinking okay i played through mass effect one through three originally as dude shepherd and so a lot of scenes had ashley in them were very ashley focused and Mm -hmm. caden was kind of this afterthought is it the other way around if you play a lady shepherd and Mm -hmm. that's that's something that I'm really interested to see going forward now because yeah, I'm sitting here going, Oh wait, it's it's a different person who gets sucked in by the beacon and who like feels indebted to you afterwards and stuff like that. They really set you up on that plot line really early on. And I think even my conversations, like all the ones I've had with Ashley so far have been very short and Mm -hmm. to the point but with Caden they have a lot more depth and obviously that's because it's taking you down the romance path but it's really interesting to see that stuff right as it as it was then now right and I'm I'm now really interested to see how this is going forward I think my romance option is going to stay the same but and that's only because I did a little bit of extracurricular research to find out if a certain character in Mass Effect 3 is romanceable by a Lady Shepherd, and she is not. So, <laughs> <sighs> broken hearts. <laughs> but mm. we will we will get through it. So I, I'm just excited to embark on this journey, Ken. It's, I, I've literally been sitting here waiting to record the podcast just so I can play the next section of right. story. I think the one thing, and just to kind of set expectations going forward of of what I have for the series going forward, what I'm looking forward to, what I'm not looking forward to, I think the thing I'm most looking forward to is, is again, seeing all this writing again for the first time. Because, like you mentioned earlier, I remember major story beats, but some of the smaller stuff has definitely right. slipped out of my mind. So to just kind of remember how they set up these characters that are so so memorable for me how they develop them over time i'm really interested in seeing how garris develops in this game Mm -hmm. uh how how tally does uh rex is just rex i don't think that's going to be any (laughs) different for me but (laughs) i'm really interested to see that the thing i'm not looking forward to and just to say it early the thing i will probably not spend a lot of time with is the side missions because yeah chances are having uh just being in this world again i'm remembering oh right this thing is they all have really interesting writing but then the missions are very samey right kind of go through the same repetition of okay i'm landing on this planet gonna go to this base gonna clear out some people it's gonna give me a little text window and i'm gonna move on to the next thing Mm -hmm. so i probably won't spend that much time inside missions outside of the handful that are tied into main story beats or your your squad mates obviously once you get into three you have the loyalty missions and things like that that really escalate things way beyond where they are now but uh yeah that's i'm not looking forward to that but i am looking forward to the citadel in the next episode so what about yes. you ken what, what's some what are the things that you're most looking forward to and then the things that you are not looking forward to 
Uh, up front, like, the things I'm not looking forward to are the constant, like, insistence that, like, I am interested in women, like, because that's just, like, and even beyond, like, Ashley, like, Liara, like, is all over you in the first game, and then, like, there's some stuff in Mass Effect 2 where, like, you get mind-controlled by an Asari, who, like, for those that don't know, are, like, these uh, alien species that look like women, but the status of that is nebulous. Um, and, like, they mind-control you to be interested in them, and I'm like, I, I, that's not me. That's not something that you could ever mind-control me into. Um... <laughs> As for what I'm interested in, like I like you said, like a lot of the sort of um, foundational stuff that's going to lay in Mass Effect One, and just seeing like the evolution of these characters and and basically this uh, universe uh, throughout the series is really interesting to me. And I'm just like, and honestly, Eric, I'm just really excited to have, be on this journey with you, so I can have oh. all these conversations with you. Because like, for those that don't know, we used to work together for about two years. We had a podcast that we did um, weekly uh, at at a site. But we've never worked together when a Mass Effect game came out. So, like, we've known each other all this time. We've had passing conversations. But, like, we've never really gotten to get into, like, the deep decisions that we've made and get to, like, really have these conversations at an extended length. Yeah, we've never even really... Because we did a lot of spoiler casts for games that we have shared interest in, like Danganronpa and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. we've never done Mass Effect, which seems wild thinking back on it. Because those are definitely games, like... Personally, I would put Mass Effect 2 among one of my favorite games if not depending on the day my favorite game of all time and one and three are certainly up there as well so it's it's weird to think that we've never done this before and so hopefully you will join us on our journey you'll play along you'll enjoy it and that that's what normandy fm is all about just sailing away into the space of friendship (laughs) We'll hopefully the get real better Mass- at this. <laughs> the real Mass Effect was the friends we made along the way. It was. It was all along. That's the, the title card at the end of this. It's the friendships we made along the way. Uh, that'll do it for today's episode of Normandy FM. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for, for checking us out. Be sure to like, retweet, share, tell your friends to join in because we want to get some stuff growing on this. Hopefully, if if we get enough of a following, we might even be thinking about doing some grander scheme things with that but right now we're just starting out humbly we're starting out honest uh so that was our eden prime episode of normandy fm next episode next week's homework will be the citadel where you return to talk to the council talk about all the things that saren did try to convince them leading up to the part where you get to depart and leave out into the open universe so for kenneth shepherd american thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week Yeah,